What's up, Bills Mafia? It's Joe Marino from the Draft Network, and I am your host of Locked On Bills. Happy Friday to you. It's the last time we're going to talk until the Bills face the New York Giants on Sunday at 1 o'clock. So today on this podcast, I'm going to clean up some leftover thoughts, and by the end of it, I'll give you some predictions on the game, including my pick for Week 2 for the Buffalo Bills. First things first here, we got to get to this bulletin board material that Pat Shermer, the head coach of the Giants, has offered the Bills. When asked about Josh Allen, he had the following comments to say. We thought he was a big, strong thrower, a guy that had a chance to be a starter in the NFL, and he has been for them. I think he's made steady improvements. He's a very strong-armed guy. He's helped them win some big games already. Just like any young player, you see where he'll make mistakes and then correct them. A lot of fuss has been made over this. Uh, The beat reporters for the Bills have indicated that this is on TVs inside the facility. And Sean McDermott was asked about it on Thursday afternoon. And he was perturbed that the Bills beat reporters had seen it. And he referred to it as internal messaging. And he did not want to comment on it. Obviously, this has triggered Sean McDermott and the Buffalo Bills. And they're using it as bulletin board material. Listen, of course Pat Shermer is going to say this about Josh Allen. He's the head coach of the team that took Saquon Barkley, a running back, at number two overall and didn't take Sam Darnold or Josh Allen or Josh Rosen or Lamar Jackson, any of the other four first-round quarterbacks not named Baker Mayfield. He can't give a glowing review of Josh Allen. Because then it comes right back and it goes, well, why didn't you pick him? Quarterback over everything, right? And to this NFL, right, you're not picking a running back, even one of Saquon Barkley's caliber, if you believe one of the quarterbacks is going to be a franchise guy. He said it with his mouth this week, but he's already said it even louder by not picking him at number two when this team had a clear need for a new direction at quarterback. So this has been pretty hyped up on Twitter, a lot of reaction to it. Obviously, the Bills are using it as motivation, but I don't know. I mean, to me, it was already a slap in the face when when any team that didn't pick Josh Allen that needed a quarterback didn't pick him, right? And this kind of seems to be the thing with Josh. Like, everybody has opinions about Josh. Jalen Ramsey, Pat Shermer, you know, there's other guys that have spoken. Jamal Adams, Everyone's got a take on Josh Allen. Well, we'll just sit back, watch this kid develop, and uh, win football games, right? I mean, that's all we can do. I don't know that there's ever going to be a point in time where people are going to universally regard Josh Allen as a legitimate starting franchise quarterback unless he goes out and has a season like Patrick Mahomes did last year. He's still going to have doubters because people are so caught up in what they believed about him going into the draft that they want to be right about that, that they have to overlook and find excuses to not be impressed with Josh Allen. I was a big doubter of Josh Allen, but I've watched this kid for over a year now grow, develop, improve, lead the team, take over as the absolute leader of the franchise, and I'm encouraged. I'm not crowning him, but I'm absolutely encouraged 
by where Josh Allen is right now as a quarterback of the Buffalo Bills. And it's going to take a while for everyone to catch up with that. People that aren't plugged into this team and follow this team on a daily basis and talk about this team on a daily basis. People that were doubting Josh, that always want to doubt Josh and are honestly rooting for him to not succeed. Those people are going to take perhaps forever for them to come around on Josh. But we'll sit back and enjoy the ride. Couple of uh, newsy things here. The Bills have uh, brought back Nate Becker, the tight end, to the practice squad, and linebacker Nate Hall was released. I thought about this a lot and tried to come up with some compelling information that I can give you as to why this move was made. I'm just guessing they weren't all that impressed with Nate Hall. You know, honestly, they had him in the in the building for a few weeks and said we like our chances more with Nate Becker than we do Nate Hall. And the Bills have six deep at linebacker on the roster that are actually pretty good. Like You feel good about, obviously, the starting three, but Corey Thompson, Julian Stanford, Maurice Alexander, and perhaps they're comfortable with the depth they have and weren't all that impressed with Nate Hall. And, uh, you know, maybe this is one of those deals where they're more high on Nate Becker. So, obviously, somebody wasn't impressed with Nate Hall enough for him to stick around any longer than he did. The other newsy item is that rookie linebacker, undrafted free agent Tyrell Dotson, has been suspended for six games without pay for violating the NFL's personal conduct policy. Uh, that was announced on Thursday. He's a rookie out of Texas A&M, had a decent preseason, uh, but he's been on the commissioner's exempt list uh, while the league office looked into that off-field misdemeanor issue. Uh, those charges that he's facing, they stem from an incident back in May in Arizona. He was arrested at a nightclub after his girlfriend reported that he had a physical altercation with her. So that's what we know about the situation. He's suspended for six games without pay. I'm not sure that after six games that he has a spot on this roster. You know, There'd have to be some things that happened in terms of an injury or something like that. Um, but uh, for now, that's his status, and I, I definitely wanted to at least mention that here on today's podcast. Have you had a long day at work, tough day at school? Are you still stuck in the office? Treat yourself to the meal you deserve and have your favorite restaurants come to you with DoorDash. DoorDash connects you to your favorite restaurants in your city. Ordering is easy. Open the DoorDash app, choose what you want to eat, and your food will be delivered to you wherever you are. Not only is your favorite pizza joint already on DoorDash, but there are over 340,000 restaurants in 3,300 cities, so you might find something new to eat too. With door-to-door delivery in all 50 states in Canada, order from your local go-tos or choose your favorite national restaurants like Chipotle, Wendy's, Chick-fil-A, and the Cheesecake Factory. Don't worry about dinner. Let dinner come to you with DoorDash. Right now, I've got a deal for you. You can get 5 bucks off your first order of $15 or more when you download the DoorDash app and enter promo code LOCKEDON. That's $5 off your first order when you download the DoorDash app from the App Store and enter promo code LOCKEDON. Don't forget, that is promo code LOCKEDON for 5 bucks off your first order from DoorDash. We'll get into more here regarding the Buffalo Bills and specifically this matchup with the Giants right after this. Welcome back. Let's talk about this football game. We haven't touched much on injuries yet, and so I'm reflecting on the injury report that was released on Thursday. Now, the one that really matters is the one that we get on Friday. But some of the notable stuff that came from the Thursday injury report is Cole Beasley. He was a full participant on Wednesday. He did not participate on Thursday with an illness. That's all we know. 
We also know that Sam Darnold missed practice on Wednesday with an illness, and he has mono, and he's going to be out at least for their game Monday night against the Cleveland Browns. So obviously, hopefully it's just a little bug, something like that, and he's back tomorrow. But uh, Jordan Phillips had this. Jordan Phillips was out on Wednesday with an illness, and he was back on Thursday. So hopefully this is nothing, and Cole Beasley's just fine, but he was out with an illness. Um, Also on the injury report, is Tyler Croft, who is limited with his foot injury. Levi Wallace, he uh, left practice with an ankle injury on Thursday. He did come back and finish, uh, but he went down officially on Thursday as limited. Andre Roberts continues to not participate. I would, I'm not feeling good about his status for, for Sunday, and if, if that's the case, I think you'll see Isaiah McKenzie as a kick returner, see Micah Hyde as a punt returner. Um, other players that were given a veteran rest day on Wednesday were back on Thursday. Lorenzo Alexander, John Brown, uh, Jordan, excuse me, uh, and one more, Ty Insecki, excuse me. Also, the other thing here to note, uh, Frank Gore also in that uh, in that mix as well. Taron Johnson still has not participated in practice this week with a hamstring. If he doesn't go Friday, I would not feel good about his game status. And the one silver lining here with potentially some cornerbacks hurt Levi Wallace Taron Johnson is that as we talked about yesterday on the preview show this wide receiving core for the the Giants is is really undermanned it's underwhelming to begin with but it's already undermanned with Golden Tate out with a suspension but if you look at their their injury report on their did not participate on Thursday list wide receiver Cody Lattimore wide receiver Sterling Shepard with a concussion wide receiver Darius Slayton with a hamstring That is not good news. And remember, I talked about this on the podcast yesterday. This team has three or more wide receivers on the field over 90% of the time last week in Dallas. They want to have three guys out there. Their their offense is designed to have three receivers on the field. And right now, they are extremely, extremely undermanned. Um, They also had uh, tight end Garrett Dickerson, who did not participate with the quad. Limited for the Giants on Thursday was Dexter Lawrence with a shoulder. He's their first, one of their first round picks. They had three first round pick, uh, and he was limited with a shoulder. And they had full full participation from guard Kevin Zeitler and one of their edge rushers, Marcus Golden. Uh, A shoulder for Zeitler and a hip for Golden. But those guys certainly appear to be on pace to practice and play on Sunday but the receiving situation for the Giants is is not not good at all not good at all a couple other points I want to get to here before I, I talk predictions is seems like there's a lot of discussion here about leftover emotion and the Bills riding the high of a come from behind win over the Jets overcoming a lot of certain things that happened in that game with the turnovers defensive touchdown the safety uh, those types of things, and for them to win on the road in the division game, and could there be some leftover emotion that causes this team to not be focused and ready for the Giants? And to which I say, not with Sean McDermott as your coach, right? Maybe with Rex Ryan, you get all kinds of worried about that, about him riding that and just bo- boasting in that and resting in those laurels all week long. But Sean McDermott's not that kind of coach, and this team 100% takes on the identity of Sean McDermott. And I just don't worry about that kind of stuff when it comes to this football team led by Sean McDermott. You heard Micah Hyde address this a bit in his comments throughout the course of the week. And 
they understand that you kind of already have an uphill battle playing in a small market like Buffalo. These guys want to get recognized. They want to, they want on a national level to be recognized for the work and and the way that this team is transforming and, and really evolving and emerging and building and growing. And you can't achieve that if you lose football games. I expect this team to be extremely focused and taking advantage of the opportunity ahead of them. One thing that is ahead of them is the opportunity to stack wins. Bills are 1-0. They have a very winnable game this week against the New York Giants. The home opener next week against Cincinnati, you can real un- I mean it's it's not unrealistic to see this football team as 3-0 going into a home game with the New England Patriots. This team if it's going to get to the playoffs, it's going to have to stack wins, right? And right now, you've got a three-game stretch here to take advantage of. We've talked a lot about the schedule, right? Later on, it, it, it really gets more difficult. We're, you have some really challenging opponents, Philadelphia, New England again. Uh, Dallas is a good football team. But Steelers, I know that they stunk in week one, but I think they're going to bounce back. You've got to take advantage of opportunities where you should win the football game. And the Bills are favorites on the road in week two. You've got to take advantage of this. You've got to start stacking wins in order for you to have that 10-win season or enough wins to get to the playoffs. And I think this team will absolutely be focused. It's not even a concern of mine. But it's a talking point that I've seen kind of come out from various people throughout the course of the week, and I wanted to address it here on the podcast. If you found $100 on the street, would you pick it up or keep walking? Of course you take the money. So why do you keep picking winners and not betting on them? That's why I go to my bookie. It's fast, it's easy, and they pay when you win. Let's face it, where you're betting is just as important as who you're betting on. I wouldn't be telling you guys to bet with them if they weren't the best. Do the smart thing. If you're going to bet football this season, bet with my bookie. Did you know that you can bet on games after kickoff? If by the second half it looks like your bet is going to lose, you can always just take the other side. For the kind of guy that likes to bet a little and win a lot, try a parlay. If all your picks come through, You'll multiply your winnings. And no matter how you bet this season, the NFL season is the best time of year to lay down bets. Join now and my bookie will double your first deposit. Use our promo code locked on to activate the offer. That's promo code locked on. Visit mybookie.ag today. You play, you win, you get paid. Predictions are coming your way right after this. All right, uh, it's time to make some predictions here. And I know I, <laughs> I made some people. A little disappointed with me last week with some of my calls, and so we'll see how that goes here in just a minute. One other thing that keeps going through my mind uh, a lot as I think about this game, cutting the grass this week, thinking about this game, and this is what I keep coming back to. Tackling is going to be so important. I know that's such an elementary statement, right? Football is about blocking and tackling. It is, right? It, It is that simple. And The Bills are coming off a game against the Jets where they missed 13 tackles. 13! That's a lot! Saquon Barkley, Evan Ingram are very dynamic football players that you have to tackle. I know Sean McDermott's probably preaching it all week long, right? Tackling, fundamentals, all that type of stuff. But come Sunday, when the the ball's kicked off and the Giants are on offense and the Bills are on defense, they have got to tackle better. Saquon Barkley, if he gets out of contact, has the type of athleticism that can turn a a play where it looks like he stopped 
into a long game. He did it last week against Cowboys. The Bills have to tackle extremely well in this football game. They need to at least cut that number in half, if not better. So one of the key things I'm looking for is for this team to rally to the football and tackle effectively because 13 missed tackles against this team, you're going to be in trouble. All right, I got five predictions for you. One of them is including my prediction for the game. First of all, my prediction number one is that Josh Allen sets a new career high in passing yards. He did it last week with 254. I think he does more in this game. This secondary is extremely underwhelming. They're very much not on the same page in terms of communication, and that's two bad strikes. <laughs> you've got you've got a lack of talent, and you got guys that haven't played together and don't communicate. You know, Dak torched this secondary for over 400 yards. I uh, had a perfect passer rating, and I think the Bills are going to come out slinging again. They're going to be throwing the football a lot in this game, and I think they're going to be more in rhythm than they were last week and be prepared to feast on this secondary and really create some dynamic plays in the passing game. I'm not necessarily going to say he's going to pass for 400 yards like Dak did, but give me a new career high for Josh Allen by the time Sunday is over. He has more than 254 passing yards in my view. My number two, the Bills will get their first interception of the year. Last week against the Jets, they did not have an interception, and Eli Manning last week did not throw an interception. What are the chances that both of those things are true again for a second consecutive week? I would say pretty unlikely. I think Eli Manning throws at least one interception, which would give the Bills a defensive interception. I don't know if it's going to be more than one, but I feel like the Bills will get on the board this week when it comes to interceptions. So there you go. Josh Allen, new career high in passing yards, and the Bills get their first interception of the year, hopefully more. Number three, the Bills' streak of holding passers to under 200 yards continues. What is it? This will be 10 weeks in a row, right, that the Bills do this. The Bills are, I mean, they're not they are not um, only limiting passers. I mean, they're severely limiting passers. Uh, obviously, we know about Sam Darnold last week. Week 17 last year, 126 yards to the Dolphins. Week 16, 117 yards to the Patriots. 208 yards to the Detroit Lions. 170 to the Jets. 115 to the Dolphins. 107 to the Jaguars. 116 to the Jets. 126 to the Bears, 311 to the Patriots, but then go back to that, 156 to the Colts, 142 to the Texans, 121 to the Titans. In this day and age where teams are throwing the football all over the yard, they're not doing it against the Bills. Tom Brady, the only guy since week five last year that the Bills gave up more than 210 yards passing, and most of them were under 200 yards. Bill's secondary gets it done again. Eli Manning has under 210 yards passing. And remember, he's coming off a game where he threw for over 300. So there you go. There's my next one. My number four prediction for you this week is that the Bills win the turnover battle. Maybe that's not a groundbreaking take for you, but this is a team that was minus three in turnovers last week, arguably minus four. And Josh Allen himself turned the ball over all four times. And 
to me, I think it's somewhat of a bold prediction to say that the Bills go from being minus three with their quarterback turning it over four times to the next week coming away with the win in the turnover battle. So give me the Bills as a much cleaner team this week on offense with less turnovers than the Giants. I didn't say that they won't have a turnover, but they will have less than the Giants. That's my prediction. Lastly, probably what you guys cared about the most, what do I think happens in this football game? Do the Bills win? Do the Bills get to 2-0? Do the Giants fall to 0-2? 2-0 going back to New Era Field for the home opener against the Cincinnati Bengals. Will it happen? Yes. Give it to me. The Bills are a better football team than the Giants. They have better personnel. They have better coaching. They're on the road, and we talked about how some of that advantage that the Giants have playing in their home opener is somewhat mitigated by the Bills coming back to East Rutherford, New Jersey, to play in MetLife Stadium for a second consecutive game. The Bills get to 2-0, 2-0 on the road, beat the New York Giants. I'm not going to give you a score prediction because I'm just not going to. Because I don't need you guys to come back and say, oh, you said the Bills would win. You got that right. But, you know, they won by a lot more than you said. But So I'm not going to give you a score. But I do think the Bills win this football te- game. They're a better football team, better coached, more talent. Now you have to go out and execute. They got to go out and tackle. They got to go out and make plays on offense and not turn it over. All that kind of fundamental stuff. But I think the Bills come out of New Jersey with their second win in as many weeks. Look forward to catching up with you on Monday, hopefully talking about a 2-0 football team. We'll be all kinds of juiced up if that's the case, heading back, like I said, to New Era Field with a 2-0 record and a home opener. So that will be awfully exciting to discuss, and I hope that's the case for us on Monday. As always, I kindly ask that you subscribe, share, rate, and review this podcast. If you are enjoying the pod, Tell me about it with the five-star rating and a couple sentences in a review. It's very, 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 very much appreciated. Of course, hit that subscribe button. Better yet, tell a friend. Tell, tell someone else about what we're doing, the fun that we're having here on this podcast. I hope that you're uh, learning a lot. You know, these, these game previews have, have really kind of given me an opportunity to really give you a lot of information and really get you inside my head in terms of how I see these players and teams. And I hope it's made you better prepared to watch a football game and you certainly have a good understanding of not only the Bill side of things, but what this opponent's like and what it's going to take to beat them. And so if you're enjoying that, let me know about it with a review on iTunes and, of course, a five-star rating. I'll talk to you guys again on Monday. Thanks so much for listening.